0: Another production from Solid Gold Podcast. And a very good morning from a wet behind the gills. Yes, because I feel like I've actually turned into some kind of weird amphibian after the amount of rain that we've been having in Johannesburg. It's sunny today, which means that I'm in a very, very good mood, had a wonderful walk down on the Sprite, and I'm ready to share the world with Jenny Baxter over in Where It looks like it's a lovely day there too, because she's just wearing a T-shirt. So is the sun shining your side too, Jenny? The sun is shining or has been shi- shining, but
1: I must say today's a little cold and actually I've got the heating on.
0: <laughs> so that's, oh, is that why you're nice and I'm okay. a T-shirt. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I mean the fact that I'm actually smiling and I'm I'm in a good mood considering our little neck of the woods has been without any power now for since the night before last. Um, but you know, which means no hot water well, I can stand in the rain though. When it rains I can go and get but, clean in the rain. There but we go.
1: Mel, I thought that the load shedding was just for two hours every evening. So how come you've had it for thirty six hours?
0: Ah, because in the areas that some of us live in, there's aging infrastructure, which has not been replaced within the last 20 odd years. OK, so everything is like bits of tinfoil and little pieces of tinsel paper coming here, there and everywhere. Of oh, course, no. the amount of rain, and the substations blow up. So um, <laughs> it's one of those things that it's just another thing, you know, as we keep on saying TIA, this is Africa. Yeah. And our world class South African city is falling apart under our feet literally with the potholes but it's okay because today is a beautiful day and there's some fantastic things happening in South Africa and I intend to share the joy.
1: And hugely, I mean, huge news with, with NASA teaming up with, um, with South Africa this week, with uh, SANSA, South African National Space Agency. And mm-hmm. it's quite funny because, um, so they're putting in a deep ground station, which is the first in Africa. So, so they are se- going to be sending people to the moon. And then the moon is going to be the stepping stone to Mars. And this is Artemis, who's the sister of Apollo. So South Africa used to help with Apollo in the 60s. And now, almost 60 years later, South Africa is back, going to be helping again. So it's Australia, South Africa, and New Mexico. And what we'll have is we'll have these antenna that um, we can watch – the 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 spacecrafts forever. you, you know mm-hmm. So NASA always has somebody watching. And everybody was saying yesterday on Twitter, but what's gonna happen when there's load shedding? And it's like, Oh sorry. <laughs> South Africa has lost the moon.
0: Okay, no, we but we have generators, I'm sure that there's solar power. Oh, arrays. I'm sure. Is this Is this happening from down there by Sutherland, or like Mikey's Mikey's Fontaine, that area? Mikey's
1: Fontaine, Mikey's Fontaine. Oh, really? Yeah, Central Karoo, and and it was so lovely. I've I've got to read you what the man said. Um, So somebody from NASA was there yesterday for the groundbreaking ceremony where they Mm -hmm. actually. Spade in and they
0: didn't even invite the space cadet to go down. I mean really That's <laughs> uh, crazy. He said uh, location,
1: weather and existing infrastructure make Mikey Fontaine the ideal place to build this antenna. We really couldn't have asked for a better spot on Earth than here in South Africa, with whom we first partnered six decades ago to land the first humans on the lunar surface. And this time around the person who will be the first to land on the moon in 2025 is going to be a woman and a woman of color. So Oh fantastic. Yes, yeah, like okay, so- Neil
0: Armstrong. I know there's going to be a lot of detractors who are turning around saying well they never put the people on the moon in the first place in 1969 it was all a hoax done in the studio <laughs> no it isn't um, I'm like a complete obsessive when it comes to listening to the infinite monkey cage with Professor Brian Cox not the actor but yes. the actual professor um, you have mentioned him and they have um, astronauts often on the show because obviously they talk about everything science and I'm always fascinated however even though Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top did say to me at one stage, Melanie, when we go on the first passenger plane to the moon, you're coming with us. And I'm like, <laughs> I actually don't want to, <laughs> you know, just send me a ticket to go to America to come and watch one of your shows. That's the only kind of traveling I really want to do because, yeah. you know, I still have so much on earth that I want to find out about. That going to the moon for me, I love the endeavors that they're doing. I love the science behind it. I love all of that stuff. I love that South Africa's involved in it. But for me, I would rather go down to visit Sutherland and go and have a look out of the Salt you know, the the South African Large Telescope and, and check that out. And look at the moon from down here. Because I'm a selenophile, but I don't really have any desire to actually set foot on it. And I did I was trying to remember who the astronaut was that I interviewed back in ninety one on Good Morning South Africa. And I have completely gone off it's gone. It's
1: gone. Re- it's gone. I remember in oh, I don't know when it was, but Buzz Aldrin came to Marla, Marla in South Africa. Yes. With his son and um, and I remember the safari guy telling me that he was wearing a shirt say so, uh, uh, I was the second man on the moon, and his son had a shirt. That had my dad was the second man on the moon. So you obviously live with it for the rest of your life.
0: (laughs) No, that's the wrong T-shirt for the sun. My dad went to the moon, and all he brought me was this lousy (laughs) T-shirt. That's not the way to go, frankly. But yeah, I mean, um, I I would love to. I mean, I I think it's one of the few places in South Africa I haven't been to is to Sutherland, and I would love to go down there. My shame, my little daughter has been offered a job down there, which she's not going to take, and I'm thinking, thinking, oh my goodness, I would take that in a heartbeat. But um, she likes the bushveld, and I like the desert. There's the difference. Exactly. I
1: I, I wouldn't want to go to the moon or to Sutherland, really, because I love going (laughs) places where there's lots of green and forests and waterfalls, and
0: you know? Yes. Which is also my happy place, but I I, you know, for a a desert for a little while is not a bad thing. But don't ask me to go to things like Africa Burn because there's just too many weird people and those are real space cadets. (laughs) Anyhow, what else have we got that's coming up in the way of news for expats? South Africans all over the world
1: bunch of people okay for those okay, people do you see who that aren't I have,
0: dilly, <laughs> I have dilly gaff written on my forehead okay you know what dilly gaff means that's the way i see it
1: oh <laughs> uh, i don't know what it means i'm trying to say it backwards
0: do i look like i give oh, oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah i remember i remember um okay. what else is news is that what you asked me yes um there's lots. There's uh, for, for expats. There was a message that's really worth reading from an elderly lady in South Africa who has seen her elderly friends whose families have left. Now her message mm. was mainly for South Africans abroad, but it was also for people everywhere. For you know other South Africans, just to check in on our parents and our grandparents a little more often than we do because you just don't know what's going on in their lives. Things. Are pretty tough. Uh, sometimes you you maybe left South Africa ten years ago, and you don't realize mm. how your parent may have aged a little more, or you know might not be your, your dad might have died, your mum's alone. That just you know it's just just check in a little more, or get people who are in South Africa to check in a little more.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, my mom, unfortunately, lives down on the South Coast. So it's like quite a, a difficult thing, especially during COVID when we went to a lot of travel anywhere. And of course, my brother's in Cape Town. So we do have a weekly attempt to try and talk to the mothers. Most of the time, she's not interested. Um, <laughs> but um, what's, what saddens me a lot of the time and the amount of times that we hear from the people who run uh, these care facilities or retirement villages, that they're the people who are sitting there. And even when the family lives in the area, they don't even come to visit their family, their older parents. So I've got, I mean, I've, I'm a big um, person, like, oh, you've got lots of traffic happening out there in the south of France today. Um, <laughs> it's a motorbike. Yes, I know. Motorbikes, it, sounds, it wasn't even a Ducati. It sounds like it was Japanese. <laughs> That's really sad. Uh, I would imagine something at least French or Italian happening down there, but still. Back to what I was saying is that um, s- small one small act of kindness, which is a group that does things for different people, in different situations but the one that they've put out at the moment is making christmas boxes for old elderly people who have nothing so i'm going on a big mission for that because you know the people that are stuck in these homes a lot of the time as my father used to call them god's waiting room they're just sitting there and doing nothing and nobody comes to visit them and I feel dreadfully sorry for those people and especially if they have no family so at least you can make a difference even if you have children get them go and visit an old age home I mean yeah. you cannot believe I know that Tonya Kundaman and various other people will also go and do shows for the people at old age homes yes, which exactly. I really think you know big ups to them and please just pay, you know, pay it forwards this is the last time that they have to do these things so just do it
1: yeah, I, and, and in Cape Town, there's um, a, a wonderful photographer, Angela Gorman. She does mm. a, a Santa thing as well where you can donate and then she goes around with Santa boxes to all the
0: care homes. Fantastic. So get in touch with Angela too. I challenge everybody to get involved mm-hmm. with doing those. Right, um, okay, now on to rugby, what we were talking about last week, of course, with AJ Fenta. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a, it's a very, uh, disappointingly, South Africa lost to Ireland, um, so mm. close, it was nail-biting, Nineteen sixty but there's another chance this weekend and it's just down the road from me well well, it's two hours down the road in Marseille uh South Africa will be playing France and it should be really exciting it's Saturday evening and France is currently ranked second in the world we are ranked fourth but we know Marseille
0: you know we have lots of rugby players who've played in Marseille. so yes so maybe they know the tactics yes okay yes. and then one of our one of our favorite well, one of my favorite um swaziland actors although he of is course is, an alumni, is okay <laughs> okay <laughs> a lot of people might not know that that's the new name these days okay so one of our favorite Actors who came out of South Africa, actually, because he also he went to university in South Africa and he's on the same kind of uh, alumni as people like Fiona Ramsey. Um, What's he been up to? Richard E. Grant. So he's Mm. got a one man show at the moment, which
1: South Africans who saw it in London just said it's incredible. Sold out. You'll laugh and you will cry everybody cried um and he's now in australia and new zealand for the month of november so and he's going all around australia i think in new zealand he'll only be in auckland but australia it's canberra brisbane sydney adelaide you know everywhere yeah. and what happened is his wife passed away last year after almost 40 years together mm. um, and she challenged him to find a pocket full of happiness every single day. Just find a pocket full of happiness. And Lovely. so he's made this one-man show from that. And he covers he covers growing up in Iswatini, Swaziland, uh, his his incredible career. He, you know he's worked with some of the top actors in the world and is one of the top actors in the world himself. Yeah. And and his love story with his wife and everything. But you know it's interesting, Mal, because I don't know if I've told you before on the show, but I interviewed him a mm. really a, a really fantastic interview. But it started really horribly. Uh, We landed up sitting together for an hour or two, and that was amazing. So I must just say, up front, I really like him. But in the beginning, I was smoking in those days, and I knew that he didn't smoke. So out of respect, I went down the corridor, had my cigarette, and then was coming back, and he saw me, and he said, you can't smoke in here, like before he even says hello. And I said, no, I'm not going to. I I know, and I, I went down, I don't care, I'm just telling you you, you can 't smoke in here, and he wasn't interested it, he just wanted to be the boss of me and then um, I said something about south africa and he and he was like, "I am not south african and he he was just mm. so anti and then, as the interview went on, and he realized that I wasn't his cliche braifless girl as i think he called it um he warmed up then and and he was wonderful and his stories were
0: were amazing so Mm. but yeah he was a little sensitive i'm sure those people who have been living on a um a different planet of course those people who believe in artemis and who are up there with the pixies so getting back to the earlier story obviously (laughs) um he's the guy from with nail and i okay yes
1: and, and Game, Game of F, Thrones, right. and um, he's been in a few, Yeah, Will You Ever Forgive Me, I think was a beautiful movie, Can You mm. Ever Forgive Me, a, a year or two ago, yeah, yeah, but with Nail and I, will he, he'll always be known most for that.
0: Yes, okay. All right, so what news have you got in from expats, people all over the place? Well, South Africans in Portugal were so proud because remember we spoke about
1: there was that young kid from school going over and and a lot of South Africans going over for the biathlon, triathlon world championships. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out out of, you know, over 30 countries, South Africa came first. We had... The most gold I think we had 26 gold medals so that's congratulations amazing. to everybody and I think a lot of them came from former Port Elizabeth uh, oh. they, they seem to have a good running club <laughs> can you there. say it
0: do you know how to say that
1: name I do know how to say it but I know that you're teasing so yeah.
0: <laughs> from here we go down in the Eastern Cape yo. Correct.
1: okay
0: Correct. right now we're going to move to um, Blumfontein for a while yeah, and where why your we man Bloom? <laughs> <laughs>
1: your your man J.R.R. Tolkien was born there. Yes, and um, I think you've said before you've been to his. There's a museum or something, or or maybe I told you there was a picture. So, so anyway, he just, just very interestingly has become the richest dead celebrity making the most (laughs) money this year. Um, because he just earned nine million rand this year for the sale of Middle earth enterprises, which is the company that owns Lord of the Rings and, Mm. um, What's the other one?
0: It's the Game of Thrones, The Hobbit. Yeah. No, that would be um, George Martin, George, whatever, whatever, Martin, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, I mean, I love it. Whenever I get an opportunity, and if I'm going down to the Eastern Cape, I always pop past Hogsback, which of course is where he got a lot of his inspiration for the Middle Earth scenarios. um, But how
1: did he get that inspiration if he left South Africa when he was a
0: baby? I think he came back. And he would have gone through there. Yeah. So he went through the Hogsback region, that that part of the Eastern Cape, which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, When I was in the hiking club, we used to go down there all the time. And uh, I mean, there's a little, there used to be a little chapel inside one of the big trees there where you could go and get married. So I thought that was, but it is, it's otherworldly. It's an amazing place, Hogsback. I always say to people, if you can go that way, go that way. Don't even bother with anything else. Just go there.
1: Yeah. And
0: there's a lot of bands that go and have like um, little festivals every now and then. So it's always worthwhile going and having a look at yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, staying with the the literary things, of course, one of the, I'd say probably one of the second biggest sellers when it came to kind of like uh, a series of novels that, you know, from back in the 70s and going into the 80s, of course, after Wilbur Smith, was Bryce Courtney. And now there's something that's just happened with him, yeah? Yeah, so so
1: he passed away
0: oh, almost 10
1: years ago. And um, his widow, Christine, has written a memoir, which is is um, apparently really, really good. It's called Bryce Courtney storyteller and it charts his whole life in South Africa and Zambia and London and into Australia. I mean, he became, he's another person who, who I had an amazing interview with. We had lunch together in, in Brisbane. Um, he became Australia's most successful author and actually churned out a book every single year for Christmas in Mm. time for Christmas. And the way he would do it is he didn't plan the book. He would, every month or week, I can't remember, he would send the publisher the next chapter. So, so he, when he sent that chapter, he didn't know what his next chapter would be, but he knew that it was finished, that that chapter was finished. And now he could move on to the next one. And then the story would just like develop in his head as he was going along. Well, all of his books, 12, 12 chapters long. <laughs> yeah. No, he I think he might have always taken at least a month or two off at the beginning of the year. He, he mm-hmm. had like a little ritual. Yeah, mm-hmm. incredible guy. When we had lunch, which I may have told you, he sang some song in Afrikaans. He, you know, his, his love for South Africa certainly never diminished. And he had a pretty That's tough good. life, t- pretty tough life with his family and everything. So.
0: I'm sure all expats feel that way, that your love for South Africa never diminishes because it is just such an amazing place. And yes. it's always full of good news. Okay, so that's the stuff we've heard about from South Africans who are not in South Africa. Well, what's been happening with people in South Africa that I might not have seen because I've had no power, <laughs> therefore I have not been online at all, and my phone is kind of like I'm running to people's houses and charging my phone?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, there's a really funny video that you can see on SA People at the moment, which is... Um, some people in a car, a family in a car, have taken a video of a car in front of them in Shlushlu and Felosi. Is this and, the guy that jumped out and ran away from the elephants? Yes. Can you believe <laughs> it? So there's this huge elephant coming towards this car. And he's probably seen the other videos where you see the elephant turn the car upside down. And he so he probably thought it was safer. He was the passenger. So I think he left <laughs> the driver behind, jumped out and ran into the bush, which, which is... Even more dangerous. But, but I think. Best thing about the video is the family laughing because the family just can't believe it that he's (laughs) done that. Oh my goodness. So there's that, and then there's there's also really good news. You know, we've often spoken about Triggerfish in Cape Town.
0: Oh yeah, great. Yeah,
1: they they being honored again. uh, the snail and the whale, which was animated by Triggerfish, has Mm -hmm. just been nominated for three BAFTA Children and Young People Awards, and that includes. Includes for director, which is Max Lang, and then South Africa's Daniel Snadden. So, Excellent.
0: congratulations to him. Congratulations to them. Brilliant. Yeah. And I know you sent me a, a, a video um, of a guy on the side of the road begging who had a chat with a woman and he was having this conversation with her in like the oh, yes. most perfect, perfect English, a homeless guy. And you were asking me, does this sound like this is actually real? And I'm like saying, well, look, I'm watching his mouth, but it looks like it's actually been lip synced afterwards because the sound was like very weird and it didn't sound yeah. like it was like somebody on, recording on a phone in the car. So what is the actual story behind that? Is this guy as eloquent as it comes across?
1: Yes. So I still don't understand how that particular video was filmed. I don't know if they, you know, if they made it look like it was in a studio, it looked like it was in the street and meanwhile it was in a studio because sometimes you can't even hear a car going past right behind him and then other Mm. times you can and sometimes you can't, uh, the, the voice actually totally, Changes to like a a studio quality. It's yes, yeah. So it's so I don't know the story behind that video. However, the story of him is true, and we do have it on the site. He was a man whose parents split up, and his stepfather was pretty rough on him his father just worshipped him his father was wealthy was a taxi owner his father sent him to an afrikan school um mm. had the money to to do all that and so he got this incredible education in primary school but then when he went to high school his his, his father passed away his father was murdered and and things just went awfully wrong and mm. so so he's this man who most people in Auckland know because he's he's there kind of every day, but he says, "You know, don't judge me by the cup that I'm holding um mm. you know i'm saving i'm 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 saving for something better i'm I'm you know you don't but yeah, uh he wants to write a book, he has a very interesting story, and his voice is beautiful, and his dream is to be an s a b c presenter, so hopefully." Aww.
0: Hopefully somebody hears him. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's also my, my, my informal recycler. Um, they call them now or some people just call them waste pickers so we all take our recyclables and put them out when the picket up are coming around but we don't put them into our bins and then we have these informal recyclers who come around and they all come and get the bottles and whatever they can actually take to go and make money and the one in our street who's just the most amazing young man he actually went to Parktown Boys so we're also trying to find a way of helping him up as well but I mean and, that's, at least he's doing something to make money so we yeah. Just yeah. never dismiss people out of hand. And that's one thing I you know, I find that people who have got big LANI cars are actually infra dig. I don't want to talk to them. I want nothing to do with them. It's so, not all they, of them are, are bad. Just, you
1: don't know. You can't generalize. No.
0: But generally <laughs> when I'm driving around my area, those people are horrid.
1: <laughs> and and now, so so in South Africa, can you still take a bottle back to a shop and get money for it? Or how
0: does that um happen? I don't know. I mean, I haven't done, it used to be glass bottles, but now what they do at many of the um, petrol stations is that they have these machines where you can actually take bottles and recycle them and you can put them into the thing and they'll come and pick them up. Um, I don't know if you get cash for that, but the, frankly, I'm going to put mine out for the informal recyclers because that make, helps them make a living. A lot of people may moan about that. They're the ones that are on those trolleys and you see them going at speed down the road <laughs> with this big bag of stuff. They're yeah. fantastic. So I'm always willing to help them out because they are making an effort to make. Their lives better, or just to make their lives happen. Yeah. Um, so they're not like, you know, just standing on the side of the street and begging. They're actually working forward I know, to it. And it's not a, but
1: some it's of the a people are begging. Job. It's a mental health issue. And we just, I know. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we have a lot of people here as well. And and I get upset because there's a guy near where I live and he's, you know, begging every single day and, and quite a decent looking, you know, looks like mm. he could be in an office almost. And, um, and, and it really upsets me because then I walk past with heavy, heavy bags and he doesn't offer to help me. And I think, oh, but if he offered, you know, then I would give him even more money. Exactly. Um, but It now depends somebody on the efforts that put people, put people put in. But he can't. It's his mental health issue. And I yeah. need to just... Go live and let live.
0: There we go. Yeah. But one thing we can help with though, of course, is, and this is a story which has been, um, a big problem for me over the last couple of years, working with Network for Animals, which is a international company, but spearheaded by one of uh, David Barrett, who used to be a journalist here in Johannesburg. And he now runs Network for Animals from Cape Town. One of the stories that they were, they were doing to try and raise money is the plight of the donkeys. Do mm-hmm. you know that they reckon that donkeys will be extinct by 2032 at this rate? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's 10 years' time, but there will be no donkeys left on the world.
1: And all because of their skin.
0: Yeah. So I see that Dürbur SPCA are, are doing, have got a, a thing in place.
1: Well, they managed to rescue at least six donkeys who were on their way to a neighboring country to
0: be slaughtered, you know. be
1: slaughtered and have their skin... Cut off and sent to China or whatever, and um, and so they saved these six. And now, if anybody in the Johannesburg area has the space and would love a donkey, you can adopt one of them from the Joburg SPCA. Is there room? Have you got a spare room for a donkey, Melanie? I don't have space for a donkey,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> would eat all of my my plants as well, which would be problematic. No, where I live, it's it's like a tiny little property. There's no ways I could have a donkey, but if I still had a farm that I um, had horses on then I would definitely take a donkey but I'll put that let's put that story out and about because we really need to do something about donkeys. Yeah for sure, for okay. sure. and
1: and then another really good news thing which which so many expats were so proud of the acting CEO of SA Tourism did a great piece that we published all about South Africa's world class film industry at the moment um, and you know now, right now you can watch Black Mirror, The Woman King, the kissing booth and they're all filmed in South Africa because it's very cost effective Um, Mm. it's a lot cheaper in South Africa whilst at the same time making hundreds of millions for South Africa and employing people and also because the locations are so diverse so you've got your mountains, your desert like you mentioned earlier, Mm. the cities and I think the kissing booth we we put a whole load of pictures because I just love it, like UCT campus is used Mm. for an American school. Um, Victoria Road is used for Santa Monica. And Cape Town's International Convention Center is used as LA's international airport.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. And so a lot of expats were writing from different parts of the world saying they just love it when they're watching adverts or movies and they'll be like... I know that road, I know that mountain, I'm, you know, and they recognize yeah. South Africa. And the one person said that her neighbor is actually a scout in London who is constantly finding new spots in South Africa to, to film adverts in.
0: I'm yeah. very glad that they're coming back. Um, my brother does. He's in that industry down there as well. And so I know that they went through a really rough time for two years with everything being canceled, nobody being allowed to travel out of South Africa. It was in a bit of a mess. So I'm very glad that um, they're shooting. And now I'm talking about TV. And, um, I mean, I have tried to watch more of um, The Woman King again and all of those programs. It's really, really good. So, but, but it's a bit difficult when you don't have power. Um, <laughs> what else is coming up in the web? Of entertainment that we can we can watch here in South Africa, and people, of course, who have got Showmax international, or who have got Netflix, can watch that's got a South African flavour.
1: Have you have you watched Jan RSVP yet? No. We spoke about it last time. So it's Jan who's got the Michelin star. He's a chef yes. here in Nice and and in the Kalahari. He had some great guests on this weekend, this this last week, and that's overseas and in South Africa. And and people are loving it because of the conversations and and he mm. just loves people. You know, so he brings out the best in everybody because he just genuinely loves them. So that's on ShowMax for for everyone. Coming up on ShowMax on Thursday is The Wife season three. It's the most watched TV series ever on ShowMax. So that's even including the international shows. Um, mm. And I think really interesting for people abroad to see. And it's a, a love story I think between somebody who's Chuana and Zulu or something this this next season. It's gonna be this big big love story and 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 the tussles um, and then there's Tully's Joburg Diary starting next week so we'll speak about that yeah. more next week and hopefully have somebody on I did speak to Showmax this morning about that and then on Netflix a really cool one is Shamwari Untamed um, so you can get it's, it's from sort of the vet's perspective and um, an ecologist and it's it's how conservation is taking place on Private game farms in South Africa, the daily decisions they have to make, sort of life and death decisions to protect mm. species, heartbreaking and heartwarming, you know? And it's 13 parts. And then this one, which I know you won't watch, which is called, um, I can't even watch. It's called Dubai Bling. And it's, it's just, super wealthy people in Dubai but there is a South African woman on it Um, Mm -hmm. her Instagram page is full of real luxury fashion and in fact she flew to you know I went to Paris last week Um, I went on the train to Paris Uh, she flew in this private jet which she's filmed inside Proper, beautiful bed. Oh my goodness, so different to my train trip. But my, I would rather be on a train. You know what? And my view was more beautiful. I was, I Absolutely. was seeing fields and fields of of France. Um, but anyway, uh, look out for her, for Hana Bodhi.
0: She's okay. she's on the show. But yes, yeah, so okay. So a lot of stuff for us to watch when when I can. I might have to go and move into somebody else's house for a while until we get our situation sorted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What have you got coming up on S What's the big story for next week or the coming week? We've got a
1: great another fashion person. But this is a fashion designer, South African guy, Tebe Magugu, and he's doing really well. We'll have it all in the articles and video. He's he's got top celebrities wearing his stuff, and he's just done a um, doing a campaign with Adidas. So okay. his designs are, are on their sportswear. So we've Fantastic. got that, and then and then just if anybody's interested, we will have details on this, because uh, I must mention it because I think. I think the closing date is the twenty-first of November. There's an MTV show called uh, Sugar Down South, and mm. they are doing auditions, public auditions, until the twenty-first of November, looking for aspiring South African talent. So, if you know the anybody, you can do what. Um, I don't know if it's singing. I don't know. I've never watched the show myself. um we will have all the info, so i haven't done the I haven't done the story yet. It's coming up it's coming up <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, okay i yeah.
0: will I'll, I'll give you that Good one. question all right.
1: Mo I'll, I'll find out. <laughs>
0: Okay, so whatever it is that you've got going on in your lives, if it's good news, please share it with us. We could really do with it on those dark days. Um, although, you know, the load shedding, I think, has become part of the South African landscape. So, we're, you know, I think we, I'm going to have myself a little certificate made, which says load shedding expert. And I'm going to come overseas and I'm going to come and teach people how to deal with load shedding. Actually, that's so true. You could probably make a little
1: money as a, as a consultant, Yes, a load shedding consultant. Yeah. Exactly.
0: How to, keep your, how to keep your spirits up when your lights are down. There we go. Jenny, merci bien. Uh, we'll see you prie. next. Uh, we will see you next week. I don't know how to say that in French, but what I do need to say is… À la prochaine. À la prochaine. À la prochaine. Until uh, the next time. Until the next time. Yeah. Or oh, as we would say, I'll see you Bye, bye. Thank you. a will talk to you And We'll see you next time. Thank Okay, whatever that was. Ah, okay. Understood. Bye, thank you. Thank Merci. you. Merci. And to everybody, au revoir. Catch you next time. Bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.